rolling. We are rolling. This is episode 395. Wow. Yes. No Laugh Track podcast here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Why? Because it's, this is Acme's podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm just the host. It's not going anywhere. It's staying right here. I am here with my guest, Akash Singh. We met 20 minutes ago? Yeah, 15, man. 20? Long storied relationship. Oh, man. It goes way back. Way back. History. Way back. So, this, I, uh, so thank you for showing up here today. Thank you all for having me. It's a great club. Yeah. I need, so let's start off. I need to know your history in Minnesota. Have you been here before? I came here, I did a show probably a year ago in Sisyphus Brewing. Oh, right on. And I didn't like it. Not Sisyphus. Period. I didn't like it, period. Minnesota, I was like, I expected people to be so overly nice that when they were regular, I was like, y'all are assholes. (laughs) This place sucks. It's cold. It was snowing in October. I'm Indian. I'm not built for this. And I was was super like, whatever, Minnesota, who cares? Actually, this time, I'm seeing everybody is really nice. So it's a very different experience. Maybe it's just Acme, but I felt like the hotel lady was kind of mean, but she's Russian. They're supposed to be cold. (laughs) And everybody else, I was like, it was a lot of people randomly like, oh, you're actually very nice people. So now I'm seeing the Minnesota nice a little bit. But we're only about 24 hours into this trip. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, if we'll I came it. back Saturday, we'd do this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they'll, st- they'll, they'll be good. They'll be good. Yeah. They'll be good. So people might know you from your killer uh, podcast. They might know you from a million other different things. They may know you from maybe they're one of the 105,000 subscribers you have on YouTube. Yeah, man. Dude. Just trying to build. Yeah, just trying to build. I, uh, I Holy followed, crap. I followed it. my co-host, Andrew Schultz, kind of built the model. And then he, I have like that big imposter syndrome where it's like, ah, am I funny? Am I not? And I'm working on that. And he was like, man, when I went, I started the tour where part of it was Sisyphus Brewing. He said, if you don't put out clips now, you're not going to sell tickets. If you put out clips, you'll at least double your sales. So I just, I was like, okay, let's just lock in once a week. Let's try to put up clips. Let's try to put up clips. And then it just built and it became this thing that was like not changing the world necessarily, but it's really cool that in a year I've gone from 500 subscribers to 105,000 subscribers. In yeah. a year? In a year, yeah. I started putting up clips last late September, probably. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. That is so. meteoric, man. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm very happy with dude. it. Dude. Um, so very, I saw, I saw yeah. on uh, one of your social medias, you got like a little plaque for that? They send you a YouTube plaque at 100,000. So then, YouTube's paying attention. YouTube, YouTube notices. I also paid attention. I emailed YouTube. I was like, yo, what the fuck is my plaque? It's been two days. You guys not notice I have 100,001 subscribers? And... They, it takes like four or five weeks, but then they'll send you one, and it's just like a cool thing. I just got it up on my wall. I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Not I in the bathroom. No, no, not no. Not like no, people, no. you know, like, oh, I'm too cool for this. I put my Grammy next to the toilet. Oh, uh, no. I would put it in the bathroom just because that's where I spend the most time. <laughs> I get nothing else to do but appreciate that. I would leave my phone outside so I could look at the plaque in the bathroom. Yeah. I, I, uh, I can relate to that. I occasionally call the bathroom the office. Yeah, it's Find the me best. in the office. It's me time. We were just talking about being in relationships. <sighs> me time is hard to come by. Dude. The bathroom is just me. I promise you don't want to come in here, baby. I promise. This is just me. Yeah, in my house, I have to brag about this. I don't yeah. have a lot to brag about, but I can brag that the bathroom that is pretty much mine yeah. is downstairs. Uh, to nice. get that um, me time, I don't even have to close the door. It's just I got the whole <sighs> floor wonderful. to myself. Until I hear, honey, honey. <laughs> I was talking about this yesterday <laughs> on stage when you're just like kind of whatever, just talking things out. 
I was like, man, you ever just like you have your me time and you're like watching like Minnesota's big on football. I'm from Texas, the Cowboys. Yeah. Big. And you're like, man, finally, I got some time to myself. And then you just hear in the other room, you just hear, babe. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? We just hung out all day. I'm still in the house. Can't you just leave me alone for an hour? And then it's what? Can you come talk to me? And it's like, all right, here we go. I'm going to do it because I'm in love with her and I'm also scared of her. But I want. I wish she knew how crestfallen I was every time she did that. So I. So last night was your first show here for yes. the week. We got uh, tonight and then two shows. Uh, today's Thursday and then two shows Friday and Saturday. Two, yeah, two Saturdays. And uh, so I watched last night via oh, Zoom. Okay. I was not here. Okay. But I watched via Zoom like I've been doing now. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> no, no, I might be. I might know what you're thinking of. I might. I might not. But uh, so let me just say that I heard you mention the stuff about like the 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 me time. Right. And then I, something that you mentioned that I want to talk to you about right now is right. you said that your lady is not into sports. No. Mine, hates sports. OK. Mine. I'm married. Yep. Five years this coming Saturday. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, she does not like sports either. And I'm curious as to how you deal with that. Because I've heard you like I listened to Frag. <laughs> flagrant. Flagrant. It's all good. Jeez. It's all good, buddy. <laughs> fragrant. Yeah. Fragrant, too? <laughs> you, is, is that your other podcast? <laughs> about perfumes? Uh, and uh, obviously, you know about sports, talking about sports, yeah. like basketball. When the NBA finals are on, how were you able to watch that? I have to explain to her the stakes, and then she'll let it go. But even then, she'll probably complain the whole time. But I am a giving, like, in, within a relationship, I think I get my validate. Obviously, I've been in therapy. I get validated from, <laughs> from, uh, from, like, doing things for her. And she gets validation from having things done for her. So it kind of works in that way. Oh, but then there's good. times where I got to be like, yo, this is for me. And then she will still be like, how long is the game? And she'll just be in my ear. And I've gotten so good at just, like, not even responding to it or just like being like, yeah, it's going to go for a while. So that's just what it is. Yeah. But it, it is tough. And then like, if she wants to do something, sometimes I'll end up taping. Luckily the Cowboys honestly are awful this year. So I don't need to schedule at the time, Yeah. but I buy the NFL game pass. So if there's some couples thing we have to do or family thing, we have to do stay off Twitter, try to watch the game, try to stay off Twitter and watch the game yeah. that night. Yeah, um, the like DVRs and stuff like that has changed it, where you crucial, can like push it back. Crucial. Yeah. I don't think we would have made it if it wasn't for <laughs> DVR and Game Pass. I don't think it would have happened. Is there a is there a, is there a reason? Have you tried to figure out why she hates sports? She is so not into competition, like in that way. She just doesn't even understand why it's a thing. And I'm like, this is like the ultimate. This is the ultimate thing, right? Here. This is the most primal thing you can do. And yeah. She's just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. It's stupid. And I'm like, no, but this is like, this is a pure battle of wills and who wants it more? And it's like, she's like, I don't, I don't care. Last night after I watched your set here, then mm -hmm. I turned on, the World Series was still going on. Okay. And when I turned it on, I think it was like the top of the ninth inning. Yeah, top of the ninth inning. Right. And there was a two-run differential in the score. Mm -hmm. And my wife comes uh, back to where, where I'm in front of the TV and she's like, oh, is this, is this what we're watching tonight? I said, I, did we talk about watching anything? I said, I just I have this on. You were upstairs putting the baby to bed. I said, but, uh, you know, I go, it's the ninth inning. She goes, so it's going to be over soon? I said, <laughs> maybe, or maybe like six hours from now. <laughs> yeah. Trying to understand the time is just like there's no there's no getting it. Yeah. My girl knows now if there's two minutes left, there's ten minutes left. Yeah. And you just got to let her know. No, it's not, not a real two minutes. It's yeah. not going to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, so how did you, uh, you like last night's show? 
I had a lot of fun. There were two girls I had to yell at, um, but I had a lot of fun. And that's when I was saying I had a really great experience with everybody in Minnesota. Those girls flashed in my mind, and I was like, I don't want to talk about that at the beginning of the podcast. But um, two girls just said something, and it just kind of set me off. I think they were a little offended by a joke. Yeah. And I find liberal white women really need to be the victims a lot of times, and I just can't handle this thing that started happening in the last five years where they're telling me what I can't say. And it's like, look, I'm not the guy who thinks, I think the idea that you can't punch down is insulting to the people that you, you are literally placing them beneath you. Oh yeah. So to say, oh, you can't punch down because poor people, you're putting poor people beneath you. You think they're lesser than you because they're poor. No, they're human beings and they're strong and they're probably much stronger than you. I promise you they can take a joke. Yeah. So, but even then, when a liberal white woman tries to do that to me, like you're punching down on me, then I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't believe in the system to begin with. Second of all, that's insulting to everybody. Yeah. I think I use insulting again. I don't know if it's insulting, but it's infuriating. Like, I'm not, that's not the case. It's not. You are the top of the food chain. White men are beneath you. Somehow you've made them feel like they're the only enemy on earth, and I don't <laughs> fucking understand it. And I just can't handle outrage from them. You want to be there and be at the show? Amazing. If you don't think I'm funny, also completely valid. Sure. I won't be funny to everybody. I can't. It's impossible. Right. But to act like it's offensive, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't do it anymore. So, I, so like I said, I was watching from Zoom. Here's the thing. Watching from Zoom, I couldn't hear whatever, whatever was going on. From the, you could hear Most the people couldn't hear. Okay. I could hear because they were so close, and you could hear the murmurs. And as a comedian, your senses are all a little bit elevated up there because you're just you're here and sure. everybody's watching you. So I heard the little like like I don't even remember what they said, but I could tell from the tone. I could tell from whatever they weren't into it, and then they started talking to each other a lot, and that was distracting. And I tried to ignore it through. I have a bit actually about white female privilege, and I did the whole bit, and they were talking the entire time, and. In your mind, that is distracting. Yeah. I don't know if most people could hear them, but I know you're distracting at least that section. Yeah. Is that ironic or coincidental when they talk through the joke that they're the butt of? I think it was intentional. Yeah. That's how I interpreted it in that moment because I know I've upset you. You've mentioned it. I, they probably made two comments at that point, and I might have acknowledged it once. Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. But then I knew. I was like, all right, ignore it. In my mind, I'm thinking you got to ignore it. you got to carry forward with the bit. And then as I'm doing the bit, they're still talking, and – Maybe I'm already angry, but at that point I'm thinking they're doing this because they were, it's like a fuck you to me. And again, maybe I'm in that place where I'm feeling insulted or whatever. I'm looking for it. But, like, you could have shut up either so, way. So when the, when the show ends, and, it, you know, if we weren't in, the, in a pandemic, yeah. you would go out probably 100%. I would do have pictures, to. I would make hands. myself go out there, but I wouldn't want – I'd be like, I don't want to deal with – she's there with, like, six guys who could all kick the shit out of me. So in the but, past, how would that go? Do you think? I go out there, and then I just kind of smile at them. Like, I mean, you know, it's part of the thing. It is what it is. Um, and then hope I, that they don't have guys who are trying to fight me after the show. <laughs> uh, but, you, like, I also understand I can't – even though I'm a much more confrontational person on stage because this is my home and I have to fight for my home, mm -hmm. off stage I'm not nearly as much like that, but I know I have to – face the ramifications of what I, I can't run from the consequences of being this guy yeah I don't get to be this guy and then hide from everybody yeah so I will go out there and I will do the meet and greet for the people who liked it and then I'll stand whatever whatever happens happens and luckily I haven't gotten my ass kicked but like that's if that's what it is that's what it is I brought that on myself I I you know 
I got to face the music. Sure, sure. I loved uh, your crowd work at the Thank beginning. You. It was like 20 minutes probably. Thank you. I, was, I wasn't feeling fully comfortable. And as great as this club is, it's just an awkward environment. So I was trying to find the fun. And so I'm willing to go there. So, a, so most nights, is that how you start out? or? I feel like starting with crowd work is the most fun because it's, it's authentic. It's honest. It puts me in the moment. Um, and so I, I, will, I, will prob- I will almost always start with crowd work. Yeah. In some form or fashion. Maybe it'll be one line that gets me into a bit, whatever. Okay. But for me, that helps me get comfortable. And I'll take my time trying to be comfortable. And a lot of times I have a thing where the second an audience doesn't laugh, a voice starts going off in my head like, oh, my God, I'm not funny. And these guys are seeing it right now. It's being that imposter thing I was talking about. Sure. But I'm trying to get better at just doing it and like having faith that it, the funny will be there and be relaxed up there and like just keep finding and digging and digging. And they're all we're all just kind of going on this journey together. And hey, maybe I won't have it, but it's fun to find out, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, I, I literally wrote down a note when you when I could tell that you were going to go into material when you were starting to go into like materials. Oh, dude, that was like 20 minutes. <laughs> Holy oh, crap! I didn't even notice. Yeah, I just felt like okay, here's an entrance into material, so let's go. Yeah, yeah, right on. So how much have you have you been going on the road much since not March? Really. Not really. No, no, no. Since pandemic, I, I did shows with Andrew in Kansas City. I did shows where I headlined in Raleigh, and that was a very different environment than this where I felt like I probably tried to – I was probably a little softer with this audience because Minnesota is like, like the, the – whatever the – what's the point you know the point where everything happened there's a word that i can't think of right oh, now but this is like the epicenter almost of of the whole movement mm-hmm. um so i'm a little more sensitive because i assume you guys are incredibly sensitive about that and i understand yeah. it and i understand i'm like there's no way i can i don't that seems insurmountable to get them past that discomfort almost we'll have a little fun here and there but i gotta really be careful yeah raleigh i tried to do it softly also but they weren't having it at all or rally however you say it but here it's like I, th- I think a lot of the crowd work and then getting them to like me and then doing kind of softer relationship jokes, which we can all laugh at our relationship, especially in a pandemic yep. when we're with our significant other all day. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point I found kind of the in and I was like, OK, they've accepted that I'm going to say some crazy things. They've accepted that I'm funny, you know, except for those two girls. And <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Now we can have a little fun. And I still treaded pretty carefully. But like the Redskins, I do a bit about how the Washington Redskins should be the Washington Redskins. Yeah. And that's kind of a softer entrance into things, which is like, okay, now you get the idea. I'm not going to just take the PC side of things, but this is, a, this is actually, it's actually not a, an offensive joke at all if you give it a chance. Yeah. That, that bit is good, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. The yeah. Denver Nuggets? Oh, Come on, man. <laughs> thank you. Dude. Yeah, that was, that's always when I get a little uncomfortable, but I just gotta, <laughs> I was like, oh! I gotta, yeah, I got to fight past it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's good stuff. You, thank you. You you got some balls on stage sometimes, <laughs> man. There's no doubt about that. Thank you, man. There's no about- so I want to talk about your podcast because I've been listening. Oh, thank yeah. you, man. It's good. Thank it's, you. It's good. Thank and you. what uh, what's interesting is going back to when you started, like the set that you had yeah. versus what you're dealing with now. Yeah, you're like Hollywood now compared to oh, 100 percent and a that's, cardboard box. Yeah, and that's I mean I'm mean, I'm gonna be honest. That's Andrew's vision. Now he had been doing a podcast with Charlemagne for yeah you know, a few years before that, and he was doing the YouTube, so I think he saw, you know, he was just kind of, he had his eye out for this stuff, but he used to always complain about the studio, and this is, just, I hate this studio space, and I was like, what are we talking about? This is fine. This, you record here. Who gives a big deal? Or what's the big deal? But I think he saw the potential that we had on YouTube for views, so he invested a lot of money in building his studio space, and then as soon as we started recording there, 
the views started going up and up and up, and that was like the beginning of the growth we've had in the past seven, eight months, which has been pretty wild. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting like quarter million views easy. <sighs> yeah. Even double, triple that in some yeah, of them. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we're getting, honestly, between audio and video, probably upwards of 400,000. And there was, we had just hit 100,000 when we built the studio, like consistently. Oh, we're getting 125 per episode. We've almost tripled our audience in, in seven months, which is, which is amazing. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, so how far do you and Andrew Schultz go back? Literally like my first week in New York, which was 2008. Um, I moved, and then I was just looking to do any show I could do, and then I did this show in like Brooklyn, deep Brooklyn, like a hood show or whatever, whatever you call it. But like yeah. – uh, the show ended up getting canceled, but I met Andrew and he introduced himself. And it's funny because at the time I didn't know like skinny jeans was like a fashionable thing. And he had like a little faux hawk. And I was like, who is this goofy ass white dude? But then I remember thinking he's at this show. So there's must be something beyond just like I'm some goof, goofy fuck white guy. Yeah. And uh, he we, we, we talked for like a second show got canceled. So we had to go back to the city. He said, I'm driving if you need a ride. I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then we just completely agreed on pretty much every comic you know this is back when bill burr wasn't so famous and we were just talking about how great bill burr is tk kirkland we thought was so funny like even random comics tk is not a big comic we both thought he was so funny and like just really vibed and then i went and did my own thing in new york and i was pretty miserable honestly i was just okay. bombing at hood show after hood show and the open mic scene was just like very alty and judgmental of anything that had to do with anything uncomfortable for them so I was really unhappy, and I went home for two months thinking, I'm going to be here for a couple months, and I'm probably going to move back to L.A. I'd started in L.A. Okay. And I had, had friends there, and that it was like, you know, I had a little bit, not a name, but they knew, uh, people would look at me like, oh, that's one of the funny young kids. And now I'm in New York just getting my ass kicked everywhere. Wow. And my confidence was just getting lower. I think what was happening, actually, when I look back, is I was going through this transition of being an L.A. comic where I would say jokes and then try to kind of squeeze what I wanted to say into the joke. And then I went to New York, and I was like, let me just say what I want to say and make it funny. And I don't think I realized I was doing that. But that was the transition I was making. And it took a couple of years where I legit got less funny. Yeah. But then when wow. I – those two months in Dallas, I was like, I got to give New York one more chance. I just don't quit things. I hate quitting. So I was like, I got to go one more time. I went back there, bombed the worst I've ever bombed at a show. And then I was like, I still can't leave. And then I started thinking, oh, I seen Andrew at this place that he hangs out, the Village Lantern. And I had it fun the couple times I've been around there. Let's just go hang out there. You like those guys. That's what you should do. Yeah. Let's have friends again. And so I went there, and then I made friends with pretty much everybody there. We got along. We were similar. And then Andrew and I, again, we just realized we think on such a similar wavelength. We would have writing sessions late at night. We would work on this bit or that bit. We both loved challenging an audience. And then the friendship really grew from there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I— I hope he comes back soon. It's been about a year or so since yeah, he's been Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, if you guys could accommodate him, he would. He's gotten so big now. It's like almost Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like theater. It's theaters at this point. Yeah. Man. Excuse me. Damn, that happened. Damn, that. good for him. Good yeah. for him. That is impressive. How, uh, I do want to know quickly, where did you, where did you first get on a stage doing comedy? My friend made me do comedy. I was going to be a doctor. It was so hacky to say, but I was going to be a doctor. And I was in anatomy and physiology in high school. And my fiance, by the way, she's like, there's no story I hate more than the story of how you started comedy because I've heard it so many times. It makes me sick. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm hearing her voice as I'm saying it like, oh, my God, are you doing this again? Sorry. Uh, Do not, a really no, quick version. Not, no, no, you have to. <laughs> I can't. Everybody's curious how somebody starts comedy. Hey, shut up, girl. <laughs> you ain't listening, but shut up. Um, 
No, so my friend in anatomy and physiology, I moved schools in 11th grade, which is kind of like rough, I guess. Um, so like a late Couldn't have waited another year, mom and yeah, dad? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like 20 minutes away from where I used to live. It was just a different suburb, so fine. But I was very quiet at first, and then slowly at some point I was like, oh, I'm not even, like I got my good friends where I live. We still hang out every weekend. I don't give a fuck about these people. I'm leaving in a year and a half. And I just started getting like wilder and wilder and like zanier, saying crazy things, whatever. But I like people didn't realize it all at once. And one of the guys, as he saw me getting crazier, was like, you know, you're not going to be a doctor. You're going to be a stand-up comedian, and I'm going to be your manager, and I'm going to take 10% of whatever you make. And I was like, all right, sure thing, buddy. That sounds awesome. Would never happen. I think the idea kind of started going in my mind at that point. And then two years later, we went to college like two hours away from each other. He messaged me on AIM. That's how old I am. <laughs> and he said, hey, you're going to do stand-up at this place to have an open mic. Get material ready. And then in the shower that day, I thought of a set that was, like, not funny in retrospect. Pretty hacky. Yeah. But I did it at this spot, and it went really well. I had some friends come down to watch, and, like, first I ran it. Before that, I would, like, run it, you know, for my friends in, like, small groups to, like, make sure it was funny enough. And they would laugh. It's like, all right, let's try it at this open mic. And uh, I went there, and I remembered the the coffee shop was, like, kind of crowded for a coffee shop. And probably 50, 60 people, actually. It was like a thing a little yeah. bit in, oh, this, yeah. in this college town. Um, and I, I did really well. And I remember, there, you know, you, I basically have a script because I'm so nervous. I'm just, oh, hey, hey, here's the script. I'm spitting out the script. Yeah. And there were no moments. Crowd, you didn't start with crowd work that day. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I don't even think. I think I did one moment of crowd work here and there. Like I pointed at a guy and did a thing, like went off script and I'm fucking freaking out. <laughs> and there were moments where the audience was laughing so hard that I couldn't say the next line. And I was freaking out, like, oh, shit, these guys are laughing so hard, I can't say what I want to say. Yeah. But then I remember in the back of my mind, a voice was like, oh, my God, they're laughing so hard, I can't even say what I want to say. And that feeling has not been matched to this day in my entire life. Well, yeah. I don't think it will be matched until I have a kid. Yeah. If my girl is listening, I'm sorry again. But <laughs> that's like, I, I'll never forget that feeling. And that's when I was like, this is what I want to do, but I didn't really do it. I did like three or four more times in college probably, but I didn't like admit I wanted to do it and move out to L.A. until I graduated. And then okay. I, just, I just moved out there, and that was it. You did graduate. Did graduate. Was, was applying to med school, and then my best friend was going out to L.A. to be a cinematographer. My best friend from college was going to go out there in a year to be an actor and a musician or something, and I, I was like, you know what? I, this is my chance, I think. So I talked to my best friend that's going out there, presented the idea to him. He was like, that sounds great. Let's do it. Talked to my mom. She said, go. Nice. Which is so open-minded for an Indian woman immigrant. But she was like, yeah. go, because I would rather you know, even if you can't do it, than to wonder for the rest of your life. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Those were her exact words, and I, I was so thankful. And my dad was like, you're an idiot, but I, whatever, <laughs> I can't stop you. I'm listening to mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happened to your friend that was like, you're going to go do this? Is he now like a, a world-famous agent? No, he's just, he's a doctor. He was in anatomy and physiology. He became a doctor. He stuck with it. I tried to message him one time, like, hey, man, you know that you're the reason I'm a comedian, whatever. I didn't think he responded. This guy was just like, yeah, whatever, bro. Who cares? It was 20 years ago. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Grow up. <Yeah. laughs> it's just like that's, do you have an ailment you need my help with? Yeah, what do you want, dude? Yeah. <laughs> he and I are still Facebook friends, but we had, I don't think we've spoken. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Hey, uh, is somebody who loves a good deal like a good sale or a good deal i, I need i need to no, the me i'm talking about me oh, okay I'm, I'm your guy oh yeah okay um 
your the Patreon you guys do mm-hmm. with your podcast. Yes. There's the middle. Uh, there's like the middle level. Right. Right. For like ten bucks or something. Yeah. Not only do you get the stuff you get for five bucks, but you get to pay cost. Yes. For the uh, merch. Yes. I saw that. I'm like. I, I I think I want to just just to get a discount. That makes me feel good. Uh, we're your guys, buddy. Are you we're your guys? Yeah, that, it just makes me feel good. And that's like, yeah, dude, one hundred percent. Get buy all our merch. So I, I can care. get a kick ass sweatshirt for cost. Yeah, I think it's like I'm down fifteen bucks for a sweatshirt if you get it at cost. I think. Yeah, dude. yeah, one hundred percent, buddy. Hey, Come you on. know what? I'll give you your first month free. Hey, yeah, now yeah. we're talking. I'll pay ten bucks right now. <laughs> That's you. Go sign up. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you guys are kicking ass if with you're that. Really, if you were like an Indian about it, you would take my $10, sign up, order all the merch, and then cancel, cancel. your membership. <laughs> cancel. That's uh, what we would do. Well, can I tell you something? The um, the owner of Acme here, Lewis Lee, had a talk with me last week uh, uh, after we recorded the podcast. He goes, hey, have you watched this new uh, documentary on Showtime about the co- the comedy store? And no, I hadn't. No. And he's like, oh, I really recommend that you watch that. Yeah. So you know when I did that? I don't have Showtime. Yeah. Well, I do now. Trial. Because I did the One fucking 30-day free trial. with <laughs> oh, an e- it's 30 days? Well, when you use an email you haven't used before, uh, it's 30 days. It's not seven. Oh, I love what you're doing. If yeah. I would have gone through my YouTube TV, seven days. Yeah, YouTube If I use TV a different email, 30 days. All right. I'm gonna, I got you. And here's the other thing. I even looked ahead because of, yeah, it, if I only did seven days, I wouldn't get the whole series because there's a new one every Sunday night. Oh, son of a bitch. But now I did the math. Within 30 days, I get the whole series because there's everything. already been three. I love everything I just heard. Come on. Uh-huh. I everything I just yeah. heard. Yeah. And I've, so I watched the first episode and just side note, I recommend, I, it's good. I liked okay. it. I liked no, the first episode. There was episode. A, a airplane movie that I didn't finish called The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey and it's only on Showtime. I thought about it. Now I get a, I get a documentary with it. 30 days. Mm-hmm. All right. That's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome for that. You, you know, cost-saving tips here here and there. Oh, I could throw out a good one. Always. I'm always here. <laughs> I have, uh, So we'll just do a few more minutes here. We've already Take been doing time. about a half hour. But I want to – so <laughs> I just want to go back to – uh, last night after, you know, just towards the end back. of the set. As soon as he left, I knew that's where he was going No, back. here's why. Here's why. <laughs> here's why. Because you were up on stage going, man, I just did. Like, you ended up doing over an hour on stage last night. Fair enough. And, at the, you know, at the end when, th- when you were dealing with the, uh, yeah. the two members of the audience, yeah. uh, you were trying to like, man, I don't want to. W- I can't just walk off stage now. They're going to win. Yeah. I loved how you dealt with that, even to when you fucking... <laughs> You did a spelling, a little oh, mini spelling bee. So Come a, on, man. So somebody, podcast fan, we had a spelling bee on Flagrant 2, and I didn't know I could spell that well, but it was me and Andrew, and then I got pretty much every word. I think I missed one. And then Andrew called me once around his girlfriend's friends, and he was like, hey, you're with my, my girl's friends. I told him you can spell any word in the dictionary. And I was like, okay. And then I got them all right, and now I'm very, I'm very buoyed by these two experiences. And sometimes people in the podcast or in, at shows, it's happened twice now, be like, spell, spell this word. And I need a compilation of that so I can just put up a clip of me just nailing these fucking words. Right. Somebody gave me onomatopoeia, yeah. which, which actually, la- w- Andrew's girl gave me that word. I was getting it right, and they were like, nope, you're wrong. And I was all fucking devastated, and then I looked it up, and it turns out I was right, and they were wrong looking it up. Yeah. How nice I am at spelling, yo. Do you know what that word means? It is a word that's a sound, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like boom. Or meow. Oh, meow. Yeah. yeah. I, if you would have asked me that last night, 
when you did that, what does onomatopoeia mean? Yeah. I'd have been like, I, I you, you uh, used to know. I, yeah. I would have been 0 for 2. Now, yeah. I wouldn't have known how to spell it or define it. Yeah. So I, I don't even understand. I don't fully understand a metaphor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is that? You say it's a metaphor. I'm like, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we use that word a lot. Is it really? <laughs> Just say like. It's yeah. like. It's but as. That's, then that was a simile. No, it's not. Simile is comparison so using like or as. Fuck. Onomatopoeia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, one, f- I want to compliment you on something else. The episode I, I saw, I was seeing all these um, these things on Twitter. People like, damn this this episode of you guys when you talked about Bill Burr hosting yes. SNL, yes. on your podcast, right? Uh, people are like, this is one of the best episodes ever. We had a lot of fun. So I do- I dove into that one. Yeah, listened to it. Yeah, and uh, you doing a Chris Rock voice? <laughs> Come on. Man. I didn't. I always just thought it was a silly thing I did that was just funny, because I would. I had a roommate that I hated, and I would always just mock him in that voice. And we somehow his his childhood nickname was Stovetop, and we found that out because he was a fat kid. And oh, that's uh, awesome. I would just call him Stovetop, and it would drive him crazy. And I'd do it in his Chris Rock voice anytime he was late on rent. Stovetop, you ain't got the rent, Stovetop. It ain't even that high. When you ain't got no job, Stovetop. And he would drive him so fucking crazy. That was the thing I kept in the back of my mind as a fun thing. And then I randomly did it on the podcast, and it just became this, like, people really loved it, which was great. It, it was, yeah. If you uh, if it comes up again, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do it now, but I'm, one of my favorite Chris Rock things was when he would, I don't even know if he was ever, like, a full-time cast member, but he was on a few episodes of In Living Color. Yes. And when, yes. how much for one how rib? One rib? Let yeah. me lick your fingers. Yeah, yeah. He's a great character. Only character he's ever been good at, honestly. <laughs> like, if you go back through SNL, it's all like, I guess. But, man, that In Living Color character is so funny. Wasn't it? Yeah. And it's from I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, right? How Much for One Rib? That's where that's from. Is it? Yeah. I Holy, think, I haven't seen I that think they forever. they reprised that guy for and made him a recurring character on, SNL, on In Living Color when yeah. I went there. How much to lick your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So good. I still love that. Uh... Akash, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you, man. I was Thank looking you for forward me. to meeting you and talking to you. Um, might have to hit you up for that uh, first month free. Got you, buddy. <laughs> Got you. And uh, if people like, like I saw what you wrote on Twitter. If there, you know, if the weather gets bad, I don't even. I haven't looked at the weather here in Minnesota in the next yeah. couple of days. It's, it's not going to be too bad. No matter, even if there gets a little more snow like we had a few days ago. Fuck it, you can still make it to the uh, to Acme here. All the seats are spaced out. We're doing it the right way. And if you really can't make it, then buy a Zoom pass. Yes, yes. 100%. Come through, guys. We're going to have a great time. Damn right. Thanks again. This has been fun. Thank you for having me, man.